she sold over 250 grand worth of digital products. What's up, what's up, Nick Loper here. Welcome to The Side Hustle Show, because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. As you guys know, I love a business that you can get paid over and over again from work you do once. Blogging checks that box, online courses checks that box, YouTube checks that box, and the business model that we're exploring today definitely does as well. So my guest has sold hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of spreadsheets, spreadsheets on the internet. If the idea of strangers giving you money for Excel files gets you fired up like it does for me, stick around in this one to learn what products to create and how to set them up for sales success. Emily McDermott, welcome to The Side Hustle Show. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. You bet. You can find Emily at itsemilymcdermott.com. If you're new to the show, thank you for tuning in. Welcome. The Side Hustle Show has been my labor of love for almost 10 years now. I like to say it's the business podcast you can actually apply, meaning it's light on the theory and heavy uh, on the tried and true tactics. There are hundreds of episodes and ideas and stories in the archives, but if you go to hustle.show and answer a few short multiple choice questions, I would like to build you a custom curated playlist that you can add to your device, learn what works, and you can start making more money. Once again, that's at hustle.show for your personalized playlist. Now, Emily, I want to start off. So you were selling printables on Etsy. That was kind of the business model everybody was talking about. And then there was a slight pivot to that strategy to this spreadsheet model that really started to have things take off for you. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So... I first started off selling printables on an Etsy shop because that's kind of what everyone was doing and that's what I was familiar with and what I kept hearing about everywhere is that one way to quickly monetize an online business is by selling printable PDF files. I was really, really serious about working for myself and making a full-time income on my own. So I wanted to see how I could expand my income kind of without guessing at it. I wanted a surefire way to make this new online business of mine work. So I discovered a tool called eRank that I saw some other Etsy gurus talking about online. And on eRank, I learned about something called a long tail keyword. And a long tail keyword is essentially a product name or something that someone is searching for on Etsy that has a high degree of demand from buyers and a low degree of competition from other sellers. So in this process, I discovered that budget spreadsheets, Google Sheets templates, Excel templates, all of the above were getting a lot of demand, but there wasn't a lot of competition. There wasn't a lot of other sellers serving that demand. Even in like late 2020, early 2021, that seems... From the outside looking in, that seems like it would be late to the game, but you're saying, oh, there's still room to play in even at that stage. Absolutely. Yeah. The other thing was, is that the sellers that were there um, selling Google Sheets templates, Excel templates, they weren't targeting my target audience, which was um, young women in their 20s looking to manage their finances on their own. No one was really targeting them either. All of the spreadsheets were kind of greens and blues. And I kind of came out with something that I personally want to use, which was something pink and orange and full of fun colors and fun graphs. So I like to think that I was able to target a gap in the market that wasn't um, being served very well. I started with a $5 spreadsheet and I knew I was on to something big because within the first 24 hours, I'd made my first sale. And I thought, wow, keyword research um, is really, really important. 
<laughs> Who would have thought, you know, go, go where the uh, demand already is. No, I love this from a lot of different angles. Number one, you know, doing, doing that research saying like, oh, people are searching for this. It seems to be underserved, but also, yeah, there's already some level of existing competition, but I could spin it slightly different to target a slightly different audience just in the presentation of the product itself. And this gets my gear starting because I got half a dozen spreadsheets that I use on a daily or monthly basis. Like, shoot, should I, you know, package these up templates? You know, am I, I'm, I'm probably not the target customer for this stuff. It's like, I love making Excel spreadsheets, Google, you know, it's kind of a fun, nerdy thing and, you know, making sure the formulas and everything else work. Even if you need them, maybe you don't, but it's just like, you know, the idea that somebody would go out and buy that instead of making it for themselves. Really, really cool. So E-Rank, this is a, uh, is a Chrome plugin, a special or is a separate standalone piece of software that you use to do this uh, initial research? Uh, yeah, so it's just a website, erank.com. It's pretty low cost. I think it's $7.99 a month or something like that. It's very easy to use. What I did when I started was I just typed in kind of generic words that covered my niche, which was budgeting. Typed in the word budget and saw what comes up because it kind of spits out a list of recommendations for you. And you can sort that list of ideas by how much um, competition it has or how much demand a particular keyword has. Is there a sweet spot that you're looking for in terms of the uh, search volume? I don't know if they give you specific metrics. Oh, it gets searched a thousand times a month or, you know, a competition level below a certain metric. E-Rank does kind of color code things. So if it's green, if demand or competition is green, that means it's you're good to go. And if it's red, it means it's really highly competitive or absolutely no one is searching for it. So I usually use those metrics. But I will say that in my experience, if you do see a keyword that is under 2000 for competition, that is a very generally a very easy keyword to rank for. Just in my experience of playing around with targeting um, different keywords and making products for it. This would be the primary keyword you're going to put in the title of the product that you're going to create. Exactly, exactly. And so this would also be the keyword that you're going to want to put in the very beginning of your product title on Etsy. That's very important. And you should also be duplicating that keyword in your product tags on Etsy, as well as in your product description. But very important to make sure that long tail keyword that you're targeting is the very beginning of your product title. Is it a thing to create a separate listing for different variations of that keyword? Like if somebody is looking for you know, Google Sheets budget template, and somebody is looking for Excel budget template spreadsheet. Or like they're looking essentially for the same thing, but you, would you create, you know, two separate listings in that case? Personally, I do. I have always created separate listings for those things because I always like to imagine that I'm targeting a customer who is ready to buy. I'm targeting people that are not just shopping around or browsing, but people that are ready to make a purchase. And generally, those people know what they want and they know if they have a Google account and want to use Google Sheets, or they know if they've paid for uh, Excel, for example, and have that on their computer and want an Excel template. So for that reason, I recommend uh, keeping them separate and just making it an easier purchasing decision for the buyer. Yeah, I, oh, sorry. I guess I probably could have come up with a better example there. So that makes total sense, right? Like I'm going to give you, I'm going to give this to you in your 
preferred software of choice. But if it's like, you know, budget template versus budget planner versus budget spreadsheet or something like, you know, does it make sense to kind of target each of those exact match keywords uh, as an individual product? I don't think that I would. I never have. Usually I would actually use E-Rank to find out which one of those keywords kind of is the best in terms of competition and demand. So for example, I can tell you that the word uh, budget planner would be very, very high competition and very difficult to rank for. But the word budget spreadsheet would have a little bit less competition. So I'd be much more likely to use a term like that or to, to target a, a term like that, sorry, uh, in my product. Okay. Gosh, I'm staring at my podcast sponsor tracking spreadsheet right now. It's got the episode number, the air date, you know, a brief note about what the episode is about, you know, sponsor number one, sponsor number two. It's like, shoot, you know, it's like, it just gets, gets me excited about all these different potential templates that uh, could be created, could be sold here. And somebody bought this thing, you know, within a day of putting it up. I think that goes to show you the power of, you know, tapping into these pre-existing marketplaces on the show. In the past, we've called them buy buttons. Marketplaces go where the cash is already flowing. And Etsy is definitely one of these places where it's flowing. So you get that first sale. What happens after that? I realize, wow, I'm onto something here. And this keyword research thing is really working. So I continue to use it to identify other spreadsheets within my niche and that would serve my target audience. So for example, I made a debt payoff calculator. I had a monthly budget spreadsheet, a budget by paycheck spreadsheet, and all of these terms were long tail keywords and they were picking up traction really quickly on Etsy, which was excellent. But when my where my business really took off into six-figure territory was when I decided to bundle a variety of these products into one higher price product that gave the customer an overall discount. So they were saving money. But because I I had defined my target audience, I knew what they wanted. I had a good idea of what they wanted. And I knew they'd be a person who was looking to make a monthly budget. They were looking to pay off their debt. And they were probably looking to organize their bills. And if I could just take all of those existing templates, plop them all together into one Google Sheets file, sell it for a higher price, which I, which at the time was around $20 a file. That is where my business really took off. Okay. So people kind of recognize the value of, well, I'm probably going to want all five or six of these different things individually. So I'll just get the you know higher priced things. You increased your average customer value in that, in that point. Exactly. And I think um, a lot of times people get intimidated and they think, well, I could never sell a spreadsheet. I'm not good enough at it. Or I could never sell a $20, $30, $40 spreadsheet because, you know, I just don't have the advanced skills. But it's really not about the advanced level of your skills. It's about solving a pain point that a customer is experiencing. And it's also about offering them a complete transformation. Because at the end of the day, that's what people are buying with any digital product is a transformation. They want to go from point A to point B. And I can also almost guarantee you that they don't want to look at something all that complicated either. They want to see an easy solution that they can easily use too. Yeah, exactly. Now, were you a part of that customer avatar? Would you, were, you, were you able to speak that language? Because like, well, I'm building this for myself first in a way. And so I kind of know 
you know, what people are going to be into, what's going to resonate with them? Yes, actually. I really decided that my target audience was going to be someone like myself at the time, which was a woman in her mid-20s who had student loans to pay off and wanted to get on top of their finances. And that really helped me. Basically, what I did was I made a product that I wanted to use every day and that I actually do uh, use every day to this day. Because if it's something, A, that you want to use and that you actually use and that actually excites you and it's helpful for you, there's an excellent chance that your target audience is going to feel the same way. It's And it's not necessarily that your target audience has to be someone like you, but it's certainly helpful when they at least share characteristics with you because there's really no one that you can speak to or market to better than people that you're familiar with or share traits with. And I'm seeing, uh, so I'm at a uh, pretty arrow budget is the Etsy shop. And I see we do still have some printables up for sale here, kind of in the two to $5 range for those, whereas the spreadsheets are kind of in that five to $20 range. And so just because it's higher perceived value, it's customizable for the customer at the other end versus just being a static PDF. I all of a sudden I can command higher rates for that. Exactly. And I think another part of uh, the reason that you're able to charge more for a spreadsheet is because of the amount of time that it saves people. So instead of going to a printable file, for example, and writing in phone bill every month, month after month after month, you're printing off a paper and you're writing down phone bill and electricity bill and all of these things over and over and it's time consuming. But with a spreadsheet, you can say, hey, in five minutes, you can have your budget made and all you have to do is go to file, make a copy and just make uh, make a new copy of exactly that every month. You're saving a ton of time, which I think is really the biggest thing that drives the premium price. Were you an Excel nerd, like geeking out with macros and formulas and pivot tables and everything else? <laughs> or it's just kind of like, I don't know to what degree you need a, you know an advanced understanding of spreadsheets to be able to do this. That's the funny thing. So I took, I think, one course on Excel in university. Okay. And then five years after that, I, I was using Excel in a really, really basic manner occasionally every few months in my job, in my nine to five. But I really didn't know anything about Excel or Google Sheets. I actually never used Google Sheets before. Okay. I kind of self-taught myself off of things like YouTube videos, just playing around with it. But it was really fun to me because I was, well, I mean, I am kind of a nerd. So things like this are really fun to me. (laughs) But I was thinking about like, how can I make this something I want to use? Like, how can I make this something that will make me manage my money better? And it was, it was exciting and I wanted to do it, but by no means is it complicated at all. Yeah, I I think that's helpful. And I'm looking at some of these, like, at least the cover images of these, you know, they got, you know, they look nice. They've got, you know, some fancy uh, pie charts and other graphs. You see where your money is going type of things uh, for these budget planners. But then, yeah, it just kind of gets your gears spinning on what other niches. And I guess maybe I got to go get myself a, a copy of E-Rank so I can, or a license to E-Rank. So I start playing around with uh, what else might be in demand. So I'll do the same thing for YouTube with uh, TubeBuddy, you know, punch in different keyword variations until it, you know, see whatever the highest number I can get because it gives you kind of a balance of uh, the search volume and the perceived competitiveness of that keyword too. And it kind of gives you a score at the end of the day. It's fun to 
optimize that and play around with that. You're heavy into budgeting, but like if you had to start another shop, is there a niche or other niches that you think would be interesting or ripe for uh, replication here? Any kind of niche that targets online business owners, actually, or entrepreneurs, because there's a lot of people that are looking for quick, easy ways to plan out a new business, things like that. I'm surprised there's not more people targeting moms on Etsy because uh, so, so much of um, of the viewership there is female. So that's one that I would target as well if I were to make a new shop today. Yeah, I've seen some habit trackers. One of the ones that was a top seller a couple of years ago when I was looking was like 75 hard, I think it's called. It's like it's a crazy workout plan where it's like super in, intense for 75 days and maybe it's longer. I don't know. And so it was like, you know, here's the template to you know track all your workouts and your meal planning for this time. I use uh, personal capital, which is now Empower, to you know pull in all the different accounts and it gives you like, well, here's your net worth number and you can track it over time. But we also keep a spreadsheet because it doesn't, it doesn't pull in like everything, everything. And so, you know, maybe there's something there, but yeah, targeting a, um, you know, a majority female audience here, something that would appeal to that. And maybe it's a tool that you're already using or a tool that you can dress up and improve the one that you're already using to make it look better. Like we've had uh, habit trackers, you know, that have used personally that, you know, I've talked about probably selling those <laughs> on, uh, on the site too, you know, but a spreadsheet makes more sense than a printable because it's like, well, now the customer can go out and customize that. Hey, entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences with Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And as far as file delivery, it's like you upload this thing once, or is it just like a link to the uh, Google Sheets file? Like, How do you um, handle the delivery or how does Etsy handle that for you? With Google Sheets, what I do is I make a PDF file in Canva 
that kind of says, hey, this is where your download is at. Click this link here to access it. And then I just put a link to the Google Sheets file within that PDF. Okay, so that PDF is what gets delivered automatically and then they get their thing. And do they have to follow the instruction? Like, we'll make a copy to save it to your own drive. How does that part work? To make it easier for customers, what I do is I take the end of the URL. I'd have to look at it to remember the exact end part of the URL that I take off. And what I do is I add in template forward slash preview. And what that does is when someone clicks on that link, they'll get a screen that just has a big blue button that says access template in the top right corner. And they just click that and they now have their own copy of the Google Sheets template. If that doesn't work for them for some reason, they can always just go to file, make a copy, and that will work the same way. Okay. Yeah. Because sometimes I get, you know, share requests for certain files and it's like, you know, you don't need to request access to it. Just like save a copy to your own drive. <laughs> don't, you know, uh, but yeah, I was, I was curious about that part. And then Excel, you're allowed to just send like the Excel, XX, you know, whatever it is, file extension file through Etsy. Yeah, exactly. So that's easy. You literally just upload the file, the Excel file itself to Etsy. Okay. Super cool. And uh, as customers buy from you, I'm looking at like closing in on 30,000 lifetime sales through the Etsy shop, like five-star reviews. People love you, selling lots of these things. Are you uh, collecting emails or does it allow you to get customer information so you can, hey, I came up with the 2023 version of whatever it is that you need, you know, to kind of remarket to the same audience? People need to use Etsy as a way to build their email list. Because essentially, Etsy is a way to go find where your target audience is already hanging out online. It's a way to find them. And at the end of the day, not everybody is going to buy from you right away. A lot of people will need or they could need a little more nurturing before they end up making a purchase from you. Maybe they want to hear your expertise on the topic first. So what I like to do is all over my Etsy shop, wherever I can, my shop banner and in my listing descriptions and also in my product images, I like to remind people, hey, if you go to this URL, you can sign up and get access to my free budget library and join my newsletter. And I think that's so important because I think I gained 2,000 people on my email list from Etsy alone over the last two and a half years. But I mean, that's free, right? Like those were free leads. I wasn't running Facebook ads to them or anything like that, which is fantastic and really awesome. And it's also a way that you can build your business and then eventually you can sell other things to those people. You could sell coaching services. You could forward them to a Shopify shop, um, really anything that you want. Yeah, this is the the pros and cons of kind of building in somebody else's sandbox. It's like, yeah, you didn't have to come up with you didn't have to generate that demand. Like it was just capturing search traffic that already existed, but you know, an algorithm could change or now they're going to make you pay for ads and all that other stuff. So yeah, trying to build up your own audience, your own presence, just as a, almost as a safety net or as a hedge against that uh, potential future. And I do see this. So in the uh, shop banner, it says, Hey, free resource library at prettyarrow.com. It also says that in kind of the announcement or shop description, Hey, grab your free budget, resource library. So that makes a lot of sense. And then are you, you, so you're sending, I guess, you know, just budgeting, I guess you could kind of breathe some goodwill into this audience of like, well, here's how to 
save extra money, you know, different budgeting related things. And oh, by the way, if you want to go buy my products, here's the link to do that. Exactly. And the other reason I think this works really well with selling spreadsheets is because I make sure that my freebie is some kind of a really simple um, Google Sheets template, just so that those customers that are new to Google Sheets or new to buying a Google Sheets template, which I think a lot of people still are, a lot of people maybe still haven't personally bought one, they can test it out and be like, oh, this is really easy. Imagine how great the paid version is, you know? Right. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you have a sense of this of the sales volume? So you're also running this a similar product catalog through prettyarrow.com. Do you have a sense of this, the sales balance or the pie chart between Etsy and then your own store? Right now, it is majority Etsy, but that is because I am in the process. I'm actually really excited. Just a couple of months ago, I really dove into what a sales funnel is and how to drive your own traffic to a Shopify store. So I'm still building on that, but I'm very excited about it because it's kind of something that you have a little bit more control over, right? If you have more control over it, I mean, this stuff doesn't cost anything to ship, but you do still have to pay Etsy fees on the transaction, which I, don't, I mean, it's not a huge percentage, but it adds up. I imagine at the sales volume that you're uh, plugging through there every month. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Something else that I just started doing a few months ago too that is pretty exciting is I've added um, a tripwire product to the people that are signing up for my email list off of Etsy, and this tripwire product is something that I'm selling on my Shopify. But it's been a really cool way to monetize the leads that are coming in off of Etsy. Oh, okay, so this is an automated thing. So somebody signs up to get the free budget template through that Etsy resource library link. They get a welcome email uh, from you or the thank you page says, hey, you might like this thing, limited time offer type of deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it just it gives them um, a massive discount on a huge bundle of our budget templates. Very cool. What's the email delivery system that you're using or is it, or is it through uh, Shopify? Uh, ConvertKit. Okay. You playing around with Etsy ads at all? Or is it all organic? Usually it's all organic. Etsy ads are, are tricky because we can't actually control a lot of the variables like the cost per click. So how much of our ad budget gets taken up when someone clicks on your Etsy ad. I like to look at Etsy ads as more of a tool when you have a new product to kind of push that new product up to the top of search results amongst the best sellers and see how it does and see what its conversion rate is. And ideally, you're going to want it to convert at at least 2%. So at least 2% of the people that view it end up buying it. I like to use it more as a tool in that way to quickly get feedback on, on new products that I'm making. And in my experience, in terms of using SE ads for profit, I have only made a meaningful profit when I run them on my higher price spreadsheets, like 20 to $30 spreadsheets. Yeah, it makes sense. There's just not that much margin to play with on a $5 thing. So Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and a 2% conversion rate, right? It's like, you got to be getting clicks for pennies or a fraction of pennies at this point. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I've heard from people who love the simplicity of the Etsy ads program and other people who you know, are used to a more granular level of control and audience targeting and optimization, budget targeting. They're like, I, there's, there's like, you just have to click the button and, and tell them what your budget is and, and just trust the algorithm. Like, no, I want to have a little more control over it. 
that's helpful to hear. Like a good way to quickly test new products, get in front of some eyeballs and see what that conversion rate is like. If it comes in less than that 2% metric, do you scrap it? Is there a chance? Okay, now I got to tweak some different variables here. What ends up happening then? Yeah, so if it comes back at under under 2%, generally it's either the product image is not good or it could be the product itself. It depends on if you're getting clicks or not. If you're not driving any clicks at all or or very, very few clicks, it's obvious that your main product image is not doing its job. It's not selling for you. It's not enticing people to click on your product and view it. But if you are getting clicks and you're getting people to view your product, but they're still not buying, well, then you know for sure that it's most likely the rest of your product images that are describing the product are not doing a good job. Most likely it's too confusing and it's not simple enough, but also it could be that your product itself needs some work and maybe you need to add to it or something like that. Okay. And is it a thing to, you know, sell it at a lower price, just trying to collect a critical mass of reviews or social feedback or, you know, pump up some sales numbers into the Etsy algorithm? Is that a thing? So it is, um, it can help to put your product on sale, to run a sale on your product on Etsy. So Etsy actually ranks the products the highest that have the highest conversion rate. And they also rank products that are on sale higher, which my personal theory is that's because products that are on sale do convert a little bit higher. So if you want it to run a sale, you could, but I would, I always like to be careful to make sure I'm not underpricing the market too much and my price is not too low. If your price is drastically lower than I would say like the the price of the top four bestsellers that you see come up in Etsy results, it could just look like your product isn't valuable and people will actually be less likely to buy it. Okay, interesting. Yeah, they're not, they're, they're, you may be uh, having the opposite effect. Like, well... It must not be that good if it's only if it's only this price versus everything else is is more. I want to talk about the uh, listing itself for a minute. So I'm on the annual budget spreadsheet and the thumbnail image, for lack of a better word, of the lead image on the listing. It says annual budget. It's got a mock-up of you know a nice Apple computer with kind of your you know your budget dashboard. It says year at a glance, and it's got these cool graphs and stuff. And then down at the bottom, it says you know, Google Sheets, and it's got the Google Sheets logo, 15 tabs, easy to use. And then there's this whole carousel of other images that kind of go, I guess, deeper into what that product is. And there's also a video too. Can you speak to, you know, this image and video listing best practices? Video is extremely important when selling spreadsheets. I would actually say it's required. It's a must have because it helps a lot when people can actually see the spreadsheet and use so they can imagine themselves using it and they can see how easy it would be for them to use and you, know, and you know how much it could really quickly change their lives or change the way that they're doing something within their lives so video is extremely important with the remaining listing images Etsy lets you use up to 8 go for it and use all of them I like to look at the listing images as your spot to gain a customer's trust and to help to drive your conversion rate. So you can highlight five-star reviews you've gotten in the past here. Talk about the fact that maybe you have a blog and a free resource library or a free lead magnet. So 
you know, you're an expert in this field. Another point that's really important that I don't think enough people are doing is to upload an image with your face actually as the creator, or if you're not comfortable with that, at least your name and a little backstory about you to say, Hey, I'm the person behind the spreadsheet. I'm the one that's making it for you. Here's why I'm an expert at this or why I know my stuff when it comes to this and kind of why I stand out from all of the other Etsy sellers that you're seeing on here. Um, and that, that tip specifically about mentioning yourself and your personal brand is actually something that was recommended to me by an Etsy sales specialist that I had a meeting with because in their experience, sellers who incorporated their personal brand into their shops had much more success than people that kind of hide behind their shop and don't talk about, you know, their experience. Yeah, I agree with that. When I'm shopping on Etsy, it is, you know, there's a warm, fuzzy feeling about like supporting another small business or another solo entrepreneur. You kind of want to know, well, who are you working with here? So I love this tip uh, because I am scrolling through. It's like the fourth or fifth image in the carousel. Like, hi, I'm Emily. I'm the designer behind Pretty Arrow. You know, here's why I'm qualified to do this. I paid off 35 grand in debt. You know, it's kind of a cool, quick little bio there. And then at the end, to highlight your other point, get access to our free budget resource library. I don't know how people make it, you know, to the end of this image carousel, but another opportunity to plug that lead magnet to get people onto your own email list here, even if they choose not to buy. And that was always a a tactic in um, Kindle self-publishing. Well, you know, I'm going to make it, uh, you know, offer some sort of interesting lead magnet inside that free preview. If people choose that look inside button on, uh, on Amazon or on Kindle, like, well, at least even if they don't head buy in the book, you know, there's a chance to capture them here if this uh, lead magnet is interesting to them. And so that's really cool. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes. T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. 
So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. We talked a little bit about the importance of including the keywords in the title, in the description. Anything else that you're doing to kind of optimize these listings? It looks like it's running like a well-oiled machine and people, again, can check it out at the shop. We'll link up in the show notes, sidehustlenation.com slash Emily. But anything else that comes to mind in the description or tagging title uh, optimization? Yeah, so one really important thing to keep in mind is to use a lot of variety in your titles and your tags because you want to try to hit as many different keywords as you can because people can type in so many different things in the Etsy search bar. So they could type Google Sheets, they could type Sheets, they could type Planner, Template, you just never know. So I recommend focusing on your long tail keyword that you know you have a greater chance of success with, putting that in the very beginning of your product title. And for the rest of it, just make sure you're using a lot of good, healthy variety and thinking about what a potential buyer might type in because at the end of the day, you do want to make sure you're targeting people that are ready to buy something and not people that are just browsing. Because typically people do start out by just browsing. They're like budget planner and they see all kinds of stuff come up. They see um, digital planners, PDFs, Google Sheets, Excel, annual, monthly, like they'll see tons of results. And once they start to look through them themselves is when they determine what they actually want to buy. So they'll think, well, I only have access to Google Sheets, you know, I don't want to pay for Excel and I get paid twice a week. So I want a biweekly budget planner in Google Sheets. Okay, I guess more and more specific. Okay, that makes sense. Are you actively building out new products for this thing? Or are you just saying like, hey, look, you know, the catalog is selling well. I'm good with that. Like, or is it that's the uh, the drawback to a lot of, you know, so-called passive income business models? Yeah, it's passive for a while. But you kind of got to keep producing the thing, you know, to sell the next, I don't know. Am I, am I making sense there? Yeah, definitely. I actually don't very often make new products. Like I would say maybe once every three months, okay. I might do some keyword research and throw something new on there. But what I really did was in the very beginning, like in the first three to six months of having this shop is... I went bananas and I made tons and tons and tons of templates. So I have a really healthy amount of templates in there. I think we have like 130. Probably not necessary. If I could go back in time or start another shop right now, I wouldn't do it that way. I would focus really, really hard in on the keyword research and feedback from my customers. Because at the end of the day, the 80-20 rule really, really applies to me, which is that like 20% of my spreadsheets are really 80% of my sales. And, you know, so it was nice that I made all of them, but you really, really don't need to, you just need to focus on your keyword research. Yeah. But you almost have to throw all that proverbial spaghetti at the wall to see which, which is the 20% that's going to stick. So I, I feel you. And I, yeah, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would necessarily change that. You almost have to put in the reps create all these products just to see what is going to resonate, what is going to get traction and sales. Yeah, you uh, you do learn a lot that way. <laughs> yeah, oh, this one nobody likes. And then to go back and, well, maybe it's the image or maybe it's the description or, you know, there's all these different variables that you can play with down the road. But this is fascinating stuff. Like, where does your time 
go today if it's a you know relatively I'm not making a new product except every handful of months and the delivery for these things is automated is there a bunch of customer support tickets I I can get this to download I can get this to work like what's a, a day in the life if there is such a thing Right now I'd say I put in it's pretty minimal I put in like 1 to 2 hours a day 4 days a week and right now my time is actually focused on taking some courses and teaching myself sales funnels and Facebook ads and, you know, learning how to kind of go out there and find my target audience on a bigger scale and drive larger sales. I actually um, have my sister who's helping me now. She's my kind of customer service and she does the customer service that we get. And I would say probably like 20 to 30 minutes a day, four days a week is on customer service. Because really, you get the same question, the exact same questions for the most part, over and over and over again. Like, I went to file, make a copy, and it didn't work, or something like that. Yeah, and here's here's the uh, text expander response, or here's the template, <laughs> copy and paste response. It's a lot of copy and paste, yeah. The other interesting thing is, though, is that we get a lot of questions, like, every day for custom-made spreadsheets. What do you do with those? Are you, I mean, you can't do it for everyone, but if you get a critical mass of you know, customers asking for something like, oh, maybe that's my next product idea. Like, what do you do with those type of requests? Yeah. So sometimes it does turn out to be something that I'm like, wow, that is a genius idea. And I think a lot of people would like that. And I end up just kind of uh, making it and posting it on the shop. But if it's something really specific, you know, we, we charge a fee for that. And that is another great way to make money with spreadsheets online because okay. a lot you would be surprised a lot of people want a custom made spreadsheet and they can't really find that many people out there that are offering that service also a lot of people reaching out that want uh, me to make them a spreadsheet that they can resell in their own business so there's a lot of different ways to monetize this business for sure yeah, I noticed one of your listings was the uh, you know private label rights or like here's the here's the template bundle that you can go out and customize and resell on your own shop. Yeah. Did that start did that start coming in after you started posting about like on media like hey, look how much I make it selling spreadsheets or was that kind of always kind of there bubbling up in the background? No, so well it had kind of been like a a distant thought in my mind like maybe I could teach people how to do this. But it was crazy. I think I wrote the Medium article in September, and I have no idea why. For some reason, it went viral three months later. And then just the demand and the questions for help with this kind of thing just went crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how I came across you. So it, somebody somebody shared it, and somebody else shared it, and then it landed on my desk. And I was like, dang, I love making spreadsheets. <laughs> I got to learn more about this business. Exactly. And I think I was surprised because I thought like, this is such a nerdy little niche thing that I'm doing, you know, writing about it in hopes that maybe I'll connect with a few other people that are nerds too. And then it was like, wow, there's tons of people that like spreadsheets that have a bunch of spreadsheets already made that they now realize that that would help others that they could share with others. And it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's been uh, pretty phenomenal. Actually, it's very exciting. Yeah, and you're helping other people get started with this business at itsemilymcdermott.com. We'll link that up in the show notes for you at sidehustlenation.com slash Emily. What's next for you? You mentioned learning sales funnels, helping other people with the spreadsheet 
on-demand business here. Uh, what else has got you excited these days? Those two things are actually taking up the bulk of my time right now. I'm really, really happy doing it. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, those two things, working on learning about sales funnels um, and Facebook ads, and then trying to help my students for my course, Spreadsheets That Sell. We're really excited. We have about 120 students right now. And it's been really, really exciting to help other people kind of start this business for themselves. Yeah, that's great. I appreciate you sharing that. Well, Emily, this has been awesome. I've got a ton of notes making me uh, want to revive my dormant Etsy. I think I put it on like vacation mode or something. Revive my Etsy shop and uh, see if there's uh, an angle to play in this uh, spreadsheet space. But again, appreciate you joining me. It's emilymcdermott.com. Check her out over there. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Know your target audience and to target them like nobody else. And that will always serve you well, regardless of how you're trying um, to make money online, whether it's printable, a spreadsheet, a course, a digital planner, a blog, just make sure to know who you're serving and serve them really, really well. Yes. There's some old line about, you know, if you can define the problem better than your target audience, they're going to naturally assume you've got the solution for it. So be a part of that target audience, know their pains and problems, and then go out and build the answer for them. And and hopefully that takes a point of a, of a print-on-demand spreadsheet or a, of a, a direct download spreadsheet here. Again, Emily, really appreciate you joining me. I have just a couple notes. You know, First off, uh, a common theme on the show, go where that cash is already flowing. Like, Had you started with just the standalone Shopify site, you know, shouting into the wind of the internet, really hard to find any traction sales customers. But instead, by going to Etsy, using the research tools to figure out, oh, this, this seems underserved, or I can breathe some value, breathe some life into you know, people who are looking for this specific answer, go where that cash is already flowing. I really liked your call to think about the customer transformation. What are they really buying? Well, they're buying, in your case, like from disorganized, stressed out about money to like having a centralized place to keep track of all that stuff. Like that mindset, like from disorganized to having some clarity around the budget. I think that is really important for any product that you're building. What's that customer transformation? And then all of the unique and different strategies you're using to like, you know, kind of hedge against Etsy algorithm updates or, you know, whatever platform you're building on, like, okay, how do I bring people back into my own ecosystem through my own email list, have a little more control uh, over this business, over that environment. But uh, again, really appreciate all of that. So make sure to hit the follow button. So you never miss an episode of the Side Hustle Show. I would love to have you tuned in to all 550 plus episodes in the archive. You know, binge it from start to finish. And I do get some notes from listeners who say, oh, I'm working my way through. I realize that might not be realistic and that might not be the fastest path to get you where you need to go. So what I recommend instead is to go to hustle.show. While you're there, you answer a few short multiple choice questions and I'm going to build you a personalized playlist of the five to 10 episodes I think are going to be most relevant to you. Then you can add those to your device. You can learn what works and you can start making more money. That's at hustle.show for that custom curated playlist. Big thanks to Emily for sharing her insight. You can hit up sidehustlenation.com slash deals for all the latest offers from our sponsors all in one place. Thanks for supporting the advertisers that support the show. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're finding value in the show, make sure to text it to a friend. Hey, I think you ought to check this out. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.